You are listening to the Pursuit Church Essay Podcast. We are a group of imperfect, real people on a mission to pursue God and love people. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. So listen, today we are in the final week of our first sermon series of 2022, and this sermon series, New, has been powerful. It's, it, it's been a great way uh, to start this new year. And the whole premise of this series has been this. Resolutions or behavior modification can make us better, but only Jesus can make us new, right? We can do all the things in the world, and some of those things, some of those behavior things can make us better, but only Jesus can make us new. And the tenet scripture that we've been holding on to and preaching about and talking about is found in 2 Corinthians 5.17. And this is what it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, and what? The old has passed away. The new has come. So that's been the scripture that we've been focused on for all these weeks and that we're going to continue to focus on today. So last week, we talked about what it means to be a new person in Christ, what that looks like a little bit as we surrender our lives to God, right? And remember that we said when we do that, we begin to gain a new perspective of who we are in Christ, but also a new perspective about other people, right? That's part of walking in the new. And then as that process continues, we start to live according to the things that God wants us to do instead of from our own selfish ambitions. Remember, we talked about something called a regime change, and that just means who's in charge, right? In the old life, we were in charge. It was all about us. It was all about what we wanted. And being a new creation in Christ means there's a new king on the throne, right? And now we're living our life for Jesus and in Jesus. And it also helped us understand kind of a new purpose in living new in Christ. First, we ourselves get reconciled to God, and then we are now sharing a common purpose of helping other people become reconciled to God. Remember we said we were ministers of reconciliation is what the word says, right? That's what we do. Now, here in this final week of our new series, I want to ask you a question. What do you do when you don't feel like a new person? Or better yet, a better question is, why don't I feel new? I'm new in Christ. Why don't I feel new? Now, to answer these questions, we need to look at and start with one simple truth, and it's this. Feelings are legitimate. Let me say that again. Feelings are legitimate, but they are not facts. Feelings are legitimate, but they are not facts. That's right. That's right. Now, we're not minimizing feelings here. Don't hear that. We're not saying that they don't matter or that you shouldn't be feeling that. No, that's kind of judgy, and that's not who we are. We're not minimizing feelings. Everybody has feelings from time to time, right? That's part of being human. But what we're saying is those feelings are a conditioned response to a specific event or situation. That's good. So I want to say that again. Yes, I will say that again. Our feelings are legitimate, but they're not facts. They are a conditioned response. In other words, how we've usually responded to an event or a situation. So let me give you an example of what I'm saying here. 
And again, I'm gonna always give y'all the real and the raw. Y'all have come to expect that from me, so that's what you will get. So hang on, I'm gonna get kind of real and Lord, don't let me cry on this one. So in December of 2016, my mom passed away. Some of you guys know that. And um, I was named the executor of the estate. And it was just me and my brother. We were the only siblings. And um, I have been trying to settle my mom's estate for five years now. My mom left a will. It was very clear. And you may be thinking, well, why are you still trying to settle this? Well, I'm trying to settle this because I have a stepfather who is sort of in the mix, but not really. And um, all I'm going to say about that is that my mom was adamant. Her and my father had a will, and they were both very adamant that everything they had, they had built together, and they were going to leave it to their two kids, me and my brother. And um, so after my mom died, my mom, I mean, after my dad died, my mom never changed anything. And she remarried, and that's my stepfather, and she never made provision for him in the will, because that was never her intention. She did leave him money when she died to live off of because she loved him. But um, apparently that wasn't enough. So for five years, um, my brother has passed away now, and it's me. (laughs) So for five years, I've been kind of drugged through the mud and through the court system in this little podunk Texas, East Texas town they live in where there is no justice. But anyway, it's a whole nother (laughs) thing. I'm not going to go down that road. Okay, come on. But the point is, (laughs) yeah, let's keep it positive, right? The point is, Um, I've been drugged through the mud and a lot of feelings come up. Every time I have to deal with something related to my mom's estate, there's these triggers and it triggers these negative feelings in me. And these are real feelings, anger, hopelessness, discouragement. And sometimes I start to sink into this black hole of depression related to this. And um, these feelings are legitimate, but they are not factual, y'all. Come on. The facts say that even though my mother or father forsake me, God doesn't. That's a fact. Ooh, come on. The facts that's, are that's good preaching right that there. Jesus is an anchor for my soul, my hope, my anchor. That's a fact. And the fact is that I have the mind of Christ, and it's a sound mind. There is no fear. And so I could go on and on, but I want you to understand that we all struggle with the reality of how we feel from any time to another, any given time. But these feelings, again, are a conditioned response to an event or situation. So today, we want to expose three things that may have an impact as to why we don't feel new when we become a new creation. Our past, what we did, our pain, what has happened to us, and our patterns, what we keep doing. Wow. So the first of those we're going to talk about is our past. Everybody has a past. Everybody in this room has a past. I have a past. You have a past. Some of us have pasts that nobody else knows about. We don't want people to know about it. We don't want anyone to know about it, right? It's like that dirty little secret hanging around our neck, right? Or an anchor that sometimes seems to be dragging us down. Friends, let me tell you firsthand that you can't erase the past. You, you and I cannot erase the past. However, we can find forgiveness and freedom from it. Yeah. This is what it says in Ephesians 1. It says, in him, meaning Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, another word for sin, according to the riches of his grace. You see, when we confess our sins, when we confront our past with God, he forgives us. He forgives us. Yeah, and he goes a little further than that. 
Psalm 103:12 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Ooh, amen. I want y'all to think about this, y'all. The east never meets the west. That's right. The north and the south will eventually meet. You start out north, and eventually you'll come back down, you'll be going south. But you go east, you're going to keep going east. The east and west never meet. That's how far God has removed our sins from us. Come on, that's good. When we ask God to forgive us of our past, it's done. It's a done deal. He does it. So here's the deal with that. Our challenge then is not to allow the feelings yes. that we're not forgiven somehow yeah. to keep coming up and dragging us down. Yes. Remember that we can feel anything, mm -hmm. but that feeling is always a conditioned response yeah. to an event. So don't let guilt slip in and try and make you feel like you're not forgiven. Let me tell you something. When God says you're forgiven, you are yes. forgiven. Yes. Come on. That's right. You are forgiven. Okay, hear me on this guilt, shame, regret, all those feelings, they are meant to keep us chained to our past. Yeah. And they are not from God. Yep. Those feelings don't come from God. Remember, God forgave you. Why would he continue to bring that up and try and make you feel that you're That's not right. forgiven? That's not from God. That's right. Okay, That's not true. Okay, your feelings might say it's true, but the fact is that's not true. God has forgiven you yes. of your past. It's his character. God's character is never in question. Right. It never should be in question. When God says something, you can take it to the bank. That's right. You can count on it. You can believe it. And when God says you've been forgiven, my friends, you have been forgiven. That's right. You know, the Holy Spirit brings conviction and it has the, the purpose of freedom, actually. That's the goal. Yeah. The devil, our enemy, brings condemnation. Yep. And its purpose is to keep us chained, right? That's what he's trying to do, keep us chained to our past. And God says, no, you are free. You are forgiven. The purpose of the Holy Spirit in bringing, in bringing any conviction to our lives is to lead us to asking for forgiveness yeah. and repenting, right? That's the goal. And to turn away from our sin and... Once we ask for forgiveness, we have it. We have it. Any guilt or shame or regret that we feel after that is not from God. That's right. You know, the enemy of our soul, the devil, is called the accuser of the brethren, the accuser of God's people. That's Revelation 12, 10. He accuses us day and night. That's what the Bible says. So when you're being accused of things you know God's already forgiven you for, that is the voice of the enemy. You know, and he tries to get us to question our identity. And this is his little trick. He tells us that we are bad, not that what we did was bad. He tries to tell us that we are bad. And let me give you a little intel on our real enemy. Just because we're forgiven doesn't mean that he's going to say, okay, well, I'm just going to move on to somebody else. We're good. You're done. It's over. No, no. He is relentless in accusing us. He has a, an agenda. He's not going to give up that easy, and he knows that he can't give us, he can't take us away because we've given our lives to God. He knows that that's a done deal, but he's not going to stop, and so his mission becomes to try to get us to destroy our own lives, yeah, right. and it's through his lies. Remember, God gave us as humanity free will. It's what sets us apart from all other creation. We have free will. We have the will to choose what we say, what we think, how we live our lives. 
That's how God created us. He didn't create us as little robots, you know, oh, you're saved, now you're gonna do what I, no. He gave us the choice, the free will to choose. And the devil knows this. So he is determined to keep us in bondage by constantly bringing up our past mistakes and what we did and bringing them up over and over and over and telling us how bad we are. Come on. Y'all, God hates sin. That's a fact. But God loves the sinner. He Ooh, that loves is good the news sinner. Right there. The sinner. Come he on. loves us. God loves us. Wow. God is never telling us that we are bad. He never says that we are bad. He says sin is, but he loves us. So we need to learn to let go of our past. If you're new in Christ, God isn't holding it back up. He's not bringing it back up anymore at all. That's right. You know, and another thing that kind of can come from our past, but also in our present, is pain. Mm-hmm. You know, pain is something that can prevent us, if we're not careful, from living in the new life that Jesus has for us. Yeah. You know, in some ways, pain can be a prison. It can be a prison that keeps us bound up. It, it, it keeps us bound up. You know, most of us here, just like a past, we also have pain. Uh, I'm going to yeah. venture to say there's nobody in the, the sound of my voice that has not experienced pain or maybe you're feeling pain right now yeah. about some part of your life. But thank God that Jesus came to set the captives free. That's right. That's to right. actually release us from this prison of pain. Yeah. Jesus came to set the captives free. And the things that have happened to us, whether we caused them ourselves mm-hmm. or whether someone else caused our pain, are real. Now, the feelings associated with those are real. And the hurts are real. But they're not true. The feelings associated are real. But the truth of the matter is all found in Jesus Christ. Remember, the pain is simply a conditioned response to the experiences. And if we stay focused on pain, if we stay focused on the pain instead of Jesus... We won't be able to live in the new That's that right. Jesus has for us. That's right. You know, we can't get over, when we can't get over the pain, we can't walk in the new. It's because we still see ourselves as hurt. Yep. And that's where we're living. Now, remember this, we magnify what we focus on. That's right. Whatever you focus on is going to be magnified. I want to say that again. We magnify what we focus on. What are we focusing on? When we focus on the pain and what happened, even if we focus on our past, we're stuck in a prison to that. So sometimes, y'all, there's really no explanation for what happened to us. There's no explanation for what we did that might have caused us pain. You know, there's no explanation for what people have done to hurt us. There's just no explanation. But remember, we magnify what we focus on. I want to keep saying that because that's really important to remember that. You know, um, neurological science has proven that our minds cannot focus on two things at once. Try it. Try to listen to what I'm saying and try to go think about the grocery list. One of them is going to get dropped. That's right. We can, it's not possible. The human brain is not wired that way. So maybe if you're thinking, well, I'm not focusing on the pain. I'm good. Really? Are you rehearsing what happened every time you see that person? Come on. Or every time you're triggered? Is that what's going on? Or what about this? You're having a hard time forgiving them. You can't see, you know, if somebody brings something up and you're triggered and you think, you know, you're having a hard time forgiving them. Have you really forgiven them? And you ask yourself that. Yeah. You know, look, y'all, just because they're out of sight, 
it doesn't mean that you've forgiven them. Out of sight, out of mind. I don't even know what that means. It doesn't mean you've truly forgiven them. And people say, oh, time heals all wounds. No, it doesn't. Time doesn't heal all wounds. Jesus heals all our wounds. Come on. Woo. Time is just time. Yeah, the tenderness of Jesus is what heals. Yeah. Us. Luke wow. 4, 18 and 19. This is Jesus talking and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. If you're poor in spirit, Jesus got good news for you. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. Let that stick in your mind a minute. Recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus is saying that he came to set us free from the prison of our past and our pain. Liberty is freedom, y'all. It's basically the same thing. And in this verse, Jesus is speaking directly to us saying, we're free. We are free. We are healed because that's what he wants for us. And he said so. It's like when God says something, it is. Whether we believe it or or accept it or receive it, it is. It doesn't change the fact that his word is yay and amen. And his word right now just told us that Jesus came to set us free. Free from our past. He also came to restore sight to the blind. Now, you don't have to be literally blind to need some sight restoration. You can be spiritually blind. And if we're focusing on our pain and not on the fact that we are healed by Jesus Christ, then we're spiritually blind. We're not seeing it. If we think that trying to get free of the pain is through some other avenue or through time or just forgetting them, we're spiritually blind. Yeah, you know, that spiritual blindness can, can lead to things, right? That we're, we're, tr- we're living in our pain. But here's, here's a few things to, to think about uh, when we're spiritually blind. Things that, that can affect us, right? It can affect how we parent our kids, yeah. right? Let's think about that. Are we helicopter parents? <laughs> Not allowing our kids the freedom to make mistakes and actually learn from those mistakes? What about when we don't allow Jesus to heal us from our pain and how it might... Uh, Allow us not to let somebody love us the way Jesus wants them to love us. Is there a wall around our heart based on that pain because we don't want to get hurt again? You know, pain trauma can even affect how we handle our finances, our resources. See if this sounds familiar. Maybe this is your story. Maybe this is somebody's story. My dad spent all the money on booze and drugs, and so I didn't have X, Y, and Z. And then what do we tell ourselves? Man, I'm determined that my kids are going to have everything. Mm. I had nothing but, okay, because of these circumstances, now I'm going to make sure my kids have everything. So what does that lead to? At least to parents that can't tell their kids no, right? At least to us saying, okay, well, I'm going to have to be the Disneyland dad now. I'm going to have to be Mm. the Disneyland parent. And what is that? You know. Those are the people, the parents that spend their time and their money trying to buy their kids affection instead of simply spending time with them and teaching them how to biblically navigate life. That's what a parent's supposed to do, right? But if we're caught in our pain, our hurt, and that's where we're living, you see how it affects our ability to live in the new life that Jesus is calling. Or if you think, uh, you know, maybe I've been hurt so much, I'm not going to get close to people anymore. Because last time I got close to somebody, I got hurt. Yeah. So you stay locked in your own world. And you miss out on making lasting friendships or, or new relationships. All of these are things 
that can look that our life can look like when we don't allow Jesus to heal us from our pain. Yeah. Again, the enemy is doing his best to get us to destroy our own life if we live in our pain and not let Jesus show us the new. That's right. Rehearsing what happened over and over, rehearsing scenarios in your mind over and over will just um, lead to blame. And you'll start blaming how your life is going on what happened to you. Well, I'm this way because this happened to me. And, and you become to live like a victim. That destroys your life. When we live as a victim from what happened to us or our past, we're destroying our lives and the devil doesn't have to do it. We're doing it ourselves. We have got to get up and just, just get up. Let Jesus work it out in us and move on into what God has planned for our lives. Scripture tells us that his plans for us are good to give us a future yes. and Amen. hope. Hope. Jesus has hope for us. There is a future for us and it's good. We have to get up. Sometimes you have to be like David and encourage yourself, rise up from the ashes and and move forward. Even if you don't feel like moving forward, you get up and you walk and you keep walking to the light. It's hard. Trust me, y'all. I know firsthand how this is. It's hard, but that's the only way to get healed. Jesus. Jesus is the only way to get true healing in our lives. You know, and the last thing that we want to just kind of share as, um, as a way that can um, cause us to not feel like we are new creations is our old patterns, yeah. our habits, yeah. the things we've always done or the things that we find ourselves continuing to do. Yeah. I want to tell you something. Just because you said some bad words out on 410 when that person cut you off, that doesn't mean you didn't get saved when you asked Jesus into your heart. That doesn't affect that. That's an old habit. And that's something that has to get worked out. Our sins are forgiven. Once we ask for forgiveness and we ask for Jesus to come in and be the Lord of our lives, it's a done deal. We're forgiven. But sometimes y'all old habits stick around for a while. That's right. First John 4, 4 says, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. That means Jesus living in you empowers you to break those old habits. It's not you and your own strength. It is God living through you. Once you accept Jesus, you have a greater power, the resurrection power, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead, rose Lazarus. That power lives in you once you let Jesus in your heart, once you ask for forgiveness, once you accept him. Being a Christian is a lifelong journey, y'all. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And it requires endurance. And endurance is found in the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. Amen. I say this a lot as people ask me, well, why do I keep doing the same things? I'm like, I don't know. I keep doing the same things too. We're in the same boat here, y'all. We take two steps forward. We fall one back. Five steps forward, two back. It's a journey. But the, the trick is, the key to it is to continue to move forward, walking it out That's with right. God beside you, right. leading you. He's in front of you. He's beside you. He's behind you. He's leading you. That's the key. That's the key to keep moving forward in Jesus. Amen. You know, in this Christian walk, even in the new, this new Christian walk, it's a faith walk. Yes. It's, it's rooted in faith, okay? We choose to believe what God says about who we are as a new creation in Christ. Yeah. We have faith that we are not the same person yep. that we were, that we are truly a new creation, as we read in Second Corinthians. That requires faith. That requires that we believe that, right? Yeah. You know, faith is like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. Yeah. 
The more you use your faith, the stronger it will become. We have to walk in faith, though, one step at a time, right? We generally don't walk in our faith leaps and bounds at a time. We typically walk one step at a time, right? So when you start feeling like the old you, you're feeling like the old you, right? Anyone here feel like the old you sometimes? That's when we need to work that faith muscle. And we have to believe who God says we are now. That's the fact, right? Not how we feel. The fact is God has said, you are a new creation in Christ. Yes. We need to believe that. And we need to walk in that belief. The best thing for you to do actually is even to say it out loud. Yes. You say, speak out loud who God says you are, which is new, redeemed, saved, all the things that God says you are, you are. Yeah. Okay? We simply just need to believe it. We need to walk it out. The Bible says to speak to a mountain and it will be moved. And sometimes we need to speak to our doubt. We need to speak to our unbelief. Yes. And we need to simply say, no, I know I am a new creation in Christ. Yes. Mountain of doubt, move. Amen. Mountain of unbelief, move. Yep. Through the power of Jesus Christ, we can do that. And that puts our enemy on notice. That we will not keep believing the lies yep. that he's trying to throw at us. Right? All of, all of his lies are really based on feelings. They're not based on fact. God's word, his promises are based on fact. Our enemy uses feelings to distract us from those facts. That's really good. To distract us from what is true. It's been said that our enemy is the great counterfeiter. That's exactly what he does. He always presents us a counterfeit of the real truth. Yes. Of the real truth. So let's start focusing on what God says about us and not listening to the counterfeit of our enemy. Amen. Amen. And I know it's not easy, but with God's help and power, we can do it. It isn't easy, y'all. And I think sometimes the more pain you have, the harder it is, the harder it is to let it back and let it go. And that's why it's important to work what I call the process. I call it the four R's. And this is something that God... You might want to write this down now. Those of you that take notes, this is is a good part of the the message right here. God gave me this download several years ago, and it stuck with me. And I call it the four R's. And it's repent of your sin, release the past, receive God's forgiveness, and renew your mind in Christ. Say, Say that one more time. Repent, release, receive, renew. Repent of your sin, release the past receive God's forgiveness, and then renew your mind in Christ. You know, I was, um, we were working on the message this week, and you should see it when we're working on a message together, y'all. It's quite comical. But um, we had a camera for that. I don't know about that. Maybe maybe we'll do a YouTube video one time of message prep. (laughs) If you're there, you're there. If you're not, I will. (laughs) But we were working on the message this week, and both of us kind of hit a wall, and I was like, you know what? I, I can't do this right now. So I go outside, and I start, you know, I see the deer in the yard, huge distraction. So I go outside, and I, I thought, okay, I'm going to feed the deer for a while and let, you know, just kind of commune with God and the deer, right? I go out there, and I'm feeding the deer, and then I see this beer can in my yard. 
And immediately, I'm going to confess here, y'all, there's healing and revealing. So I immediately, first thought in my mind was, you know what? That's that lady next door. Our next door neighbor doesn't like us for whatever reason. And so I I was blaming her. I was like, you know what? They put their beer can in my yard. They got the trash all over the place. And I I thought, oh, that is just so wrong to think like that. I mean, we just had a big cold front blow through with all these gusts of winds like a tropical storm. And, you know, never mind that. My first thought was to blame the lady next door, right? I mean, she's like 80-year-old lady. I'm quite sure she's not over there with her 40 ounces. But anyway, I was blaming her just because I didn't like the fact that she didn't like us. It's silly. That's when I had to remember to work those four R's. I had to ask God to forgive me. I had to repent of that sin. And then I had to release it. You know, I had to repent. Repent when you mess up. When you mess up, work the four R's. Repent. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Release the past, even if it was five minutes ago. Come on. Two minutes ago. Release it. Hebrews 12, 1 said to lay aside every weight or sin that's holding you back. Receive God's forgiveness. You can only receive what you believe you are being offered. That goes back to believing. That goes back to the faith walk. We believe that God's word is true. It's yay and amen. There's no shadow of turning. So we receive his forgiveness because we believe it's being offered to us. God is not bringing condemnation. He forgives us. Hebrews 11.1. Now faith... Faith walk, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction. Conviction is a belief, a faith, your conviction of things not yet seen. You receive the forgiveness whether you feel it or not. When you ask for forgiveness, you receive it. Renew your mind in Christ. Don't listen to the voices, even those in your head, that are telling you that you are not new once you give your life to Christ. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Those condemning voices are an opinion. They're an opinion. They're not the fact. They're not the fact. They're feelings. They're an opinion. They're not a fact. The voice of truth says that he approves of his workmanship, and that's you. That's me. That's us. We are the workmanship of God, and he approves of us. I want you to feel safe knowing today. I really want you to get this in your hearts, that once you ask for forgiveness, you are forgiven. A lot of people struggle with that. I struggle with it too. You know, I was praying to God, I don't know, a week or so ago, in the middle of the night, I woke up and and I was praying to him and it was about the same thing, this same ungodly habit that I have. And it's thoughts. It's my thoughts. It's not something I'm actually doing. It's, well, I guess I am doing it if I'm thinking these bad thoughts. And, you know, and it bothers me that I should, I'm thinking to myself, I shouldn't think like that. What am I doing? It doesn't line up with who God says I am. He says, I'm a minister of reconciliation. You know, he says, I'm new, I'm righteous, holy, redeemed. And so I was praying to God, God, just get this, change this in me. This is part of me that's not it doesn't look like you. So change it. Whatever it is, is happening here. I knew it was ungodly and I knew it wasn't right. But the worst part of it was I started thinking, maybe I'm still like that because God's just done with this in me. He's just tired of this. He's tired of me coming back to his throne asking for the same thing. Maybe I'm just walking here on thin ice and I've kind of used up my get out of jail free card with God. That thought went in my mind, y'all. That's crazy. That's not true. It's a feeling. It's a feeling. That's a lie straight from the pit of hell. Yeah, that's right. 
So, you know, to get out of those places for me, I listen to worship music a lot. I'll go to the Word, but sometimes my spirit, I told you I was going to be real today, my spirit can get in a dark and dry place where even opening up the Word of God does not bring the oil it should bring to me. That's how bad it gets. That's why I said earlier, sometimes the more pain you have, the harder it is. To, to believe what God says about you. So worship music is a go-to for me. I cannot sing. I don't even know how to play anymore. <laughs> but worship music touches my spirit. Yeah. And I was listening to this song, and it's by Crowder. And it's a really cool song. He says, I'm not going to sing it, y'all, because they will turn my <laughs> mic off real fast. But it says, I can't count the times I've called your name some broken night. Come on. And you showed up and patched me up like you do every time. I get amnesia. I forget that you keep coming around, yet there ain't no way you'll ever let me down. Someone else, the person who wrote those lyrics, I don't know if it was, I don't know who wrote that, but it just gave me a realization that someone else is struggling with that same thing I'm struggling with. That's right. And that brought me peace. Singing those words out loud. That's why he was saying earlier, we need to speak the word of God out Amen. loud. Puts the devil on notice. But it also encourages us when we hear it. So singing those words out loud brought me peace, brought me encouragement. It brought me hope and it strengthened my faith in a good, good God. Yes, amen, amen. There's one name of God in the Bible that I really like. It's, I can't say it's my favorite. God has many names in the Bible. And if you go through scripture, you can see what I'm talking about. There's one particular name that's found in Genesis 16, 13. And he's talking about Hagar, right? And y'all know the story of Hagar, how she was, you know, the concubine for Abraham and they had a child together because Abraham and Sarah tried to put things in their own hands and handle all the business that God told them he was gonna do. And so she had a child and then she was kicked out because Sarah couldn't handle it. She got all jealous. So she's like, get her out of here and take her kid too. So Hagar is crying out to God and she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. Hagar was struggling with rejection, shame, fear, anger. Think about all the things that she could have been struggling with in that moment. But yet, she saw the faithfulness of God and his provision and protection for her and her son Ishmael, not Isaac. Jehovah Roy is the name she gave God. And I want to tell you guys that Jehovah Roy is here today and he sees you. Amen. That's good. Jehovah Roy sees your past. He sees your struggle with it. He sees the struggle with your pain and your old patterns. Wow. You know, Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 is such a beautiful reminder for us. And this is what it says. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Wow. Let those verses just sink in to your heart, to your mind, and to your spirit right now. God's mercy erases our past. God's love heals our pain. And God's faithfulness helps us to overcome our patterns, our habits. As we kick off this new year, let's remember that Jesus came to this world 
to make us new, not a better version of who we already were. Jesus came to make us new. We are not a better version by the power of Jesus Christ. We are a new creation in Christ. You are new. You don't need to live old. Live new. If you're in bondage to your past today, or you're feeling the pain of what happened to you, or you still have a habit that you can't seem to break, and you really do believe in Jesus, but you just don't feel new. Or maybe you think that you haven't been forgiven for something. Or maybe you can't forgive yourself. If you want to be healed and free from your habit habits, and you want your behavior to now match your belief in God in the new you, I want to pray for you right now. Everybody just close your eyes. Dear God, there's people here right now, Father, that are bound to their past. There's those of us that are, are continuing to hurt because of our pain. But God, we thank you that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus and that the old is gone. There is no condemnation in Jesus. God, you bring healing to those of us that are hurting. You bring us out of the bondage of our past and the old habits of our former life. Father, you do that. We're asking you to do it right now. Father, help us to step in with faith to the new future and the new nature that you have given us. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, empower us to act like we now belong to you, Father. Let our actions match the new creation that we are in you. God, I pray that there will be addictions and habits broken right now in your presence and by the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for your word. I pray it sinks down into our hearts deeply and that we are changed forever. Now, continuing with all eyes closed, if you're ready to turn from your old ways and towards Jesus and the new life that he offers, would you just join me in this simple prayer? Father, forgive me for my sin. I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty I owed for my sin. I receive your forgiveness today. And I ask you to create in me a new heart and a willing spirit to do what you've called me to do and to be who you made me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Wow. If God is transforming your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give at PursuitChurchSA.com slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to follow us to enjoy more messages like this.